2: You know, we all make judgments all through the day based on inaccurate and incomplete information. And when I was young, I was very zealous. And I made some judgment errors that I I regret. And today, if I'm going to err, I would rather err on the side of grace. Oh
1: my, wouldn't we all. And hopefully as we grow in our relationship with Christ and become more and more like Him, we manifest more grace in our life, than we used to. Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. I'm Mike Trout, so glad to have you along today. If you'd like more information about the ministry, check out our website at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Pastor Leighton Sheely has been in the book of Matthew, the 5th, 6th, and 7th chapters, an area we call the Sermon on the Mount, and he continues there today.
2: Concerning this passage, Dr. J. Vernon McGee wrote, these verses do not mean that a child of God is forbidden to judge others, but it does mean that we're not to judge others with the, uh, judge the inward motives of others in the sense of condemning them. We do not know or understand why a brother in Christ does a certain thing. We see only outward acts. Now God doesn't forbid our judging wrong and evil actions as we will see. The point is that if you are harsh with your, in your judgments of others, you'll be known as the type of person who is severe in his considerations of others. I, I know this type of person, and I'm sure you do also. And perhaps someone has said to you, don't pay any attention to what he says. He never has a good word to say. You see, he is being judged by the way he judges. The words of Dr. J. Vernon McGee. There's an old saying with friends like this, who needs enemies? With friends like this, who needs enemies? And the point is, is they might call themselves or consider themselves to be a friend, but their behavior causes so much damage, they might as well be enemies. With friends like this, who needs enemies? Well, there are people in the Christian church who are so critical and condemning of others that they do as much damage or more damage than the enemy. With friends like this, who needs enemies? Now concerning judgmentalism, the apostle Paul wrote, Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Now perhaps the inspiration for Paul's writing came from this portion of of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. So today we're going to look at this fascinating topic of making judgments or being judgmental towards other people, because we all, all people have a tendency to judge. You know, my dad told the story of when he was a younger man, and he, and he went to the post office one day to take care of some business, and uh, he pulled into the parking lot. And before he got inside the building, he noticed one of the postal workers out doing some yard work or something like that. And as he watched the postal worker, he became incensed because this guy seemed like he was so lazy. He was working so slow. He was so inefficient. My dad's a businessman, man. You got to cook, you know? And so my dad saw this and he's starting stirring and inside of him, he gets inside, he's in line, it's still stirring inside of him. He gets to the counter, it's still stirring inside of him. And the man behind the counter is pretty much silent as they're doing their business. And dad's spouting his, you know, another lazy government worker, and those kinds of things, and, and then just as they were wrapping up the business, the person behind the counter said, Pastor, you're awful quick to judge. The man of whom you speak was injured and nearly died in service to our country as a soldier. While you were home safe, he was out in a trench when a grenade exploded nearby. He's been assigned to do what he has been assigned to do because that's all he can do. You were very judgmental. I don't think I would want to be a part of your church. And Dad said he walked out of the post office that day well and truly humbled. It was a very unpleasant experience, but it was also a transformative experience because of that experience he determined that he was going to be far more cautious about making snap judgments and voicing those judgments to others. You know, we all make judgments all through the day based on inaccurate and incomplete information. I do it. You do it. We all do it. And when I was young, I was very zealous. But I was not very wise. And I made some judgment errors that I I regret. I'm glad I have changed and continue to change. And today, if I'm going to err, I would rather err on the side of grace. There's at least three reasons, good reasons, why we shouldn't be judgmental towards another. First, we never really know the whole facts of the situation for that person. Long ago, there was a, a, a great rabbi, and famous, named Hillel. And, and he said, do not judge a man until you yourself have come into his circumstances or situation. A modern variation of that ancient wisdom is withhold judgment until you've walked in their shoes. Because no person knows the, the issues that another person has. A person that's brought up in a good home and Christian surroundings can't really understand how another person who's not been raised in those circumstances uh, functions. And a person who's been blessed with great parents can't really understand how someone that hasn't had that great parents uh, is able. In fact, I think that if we realized how much another person has gone to, had to go through to get to where they are, far from condemning them, we'd probably be amazed that they had turned out as well as they had. And then secondly, it's almost impossible for us as humans to be impartial because we're swayed by rumors and false first impression. And, 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 and that's one of the reasons why the ancient Greeks would sometimes, if they had a particularly difficult trial, they would actually hold the trial in the courtroom in the dark. They would shut off the lights so that the judge and jury couldn't see the man on trial, couldn't be distracted by that. They could only hear the evidence that was being presented and judge based on those facts. Only a completely impartial person can judge rightly, and no human can be really impartial. Only God can judge rightly. And then third, Jesus stated the supreme reason why we shouldn't judge another person, and that's because no... Person is good enough to judge another person. We are basically all in the same boat together. And Jesus makes this clear in this passage. Let's look at the passage in greater detail. Jesus begins by saying, Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. You know, this verse is probably one of the most often misquoted and misapplied scriptures from the scripture, because whenever Christians speak out about against immoral and destructive behavior, they're oftentimes shouted down by being told they're not to judge. Are you a Christian? Yeah, then you're not supposed to judge, right? You've heard that. It's funny how non-Christians know the Bible, you know? But that application is taking this verse out of context, and it doesn't mean that. Whenever you, you know, we we gain meaning from context. Last week I mentioned this to you. I mentioned the color blue, right? Now the word blue has multiple definitions. It can talk about a color. It can describe a feeling. How do we know which definition of blue, which meaning of blue is applicable? We learn that from the context. Are we talking about colors or are we talking about feelings? context is very very important. Heresies are often based on taking scripture out of context and twisting it to say something it actually doesn't say, to mean something it actually does not mean. This is how cults start. And that's one of the reasons why we here at Church of the Highlands have tended to study systematically through the scripture, studying it verse by verse. So we learn that verse in its context so we know what it says, what it means and how it applies. And when we study this verse in its context, it does not mean the Christians should dispose of any and all judgment. Now the word judge here, krino, has many definitions. It can mean to evaluate, to analyze, it can talk about judgmental attitudes that tear others down as it does here. It can, it can talk about judgments in a court of law, which it's not talking about here. We talked about that earlier when we talked about oaths. Uh, it is not. It could talk about critical thinking, but it's not talking about that here, because believers need to be discerning in order to fulfill some of the commandments that Jesus gives us in the verses that follow. He tells us that we should identify and expose false teacher. How can we do that if we are not exercising judgment? If we're not exercising discernment? The word judge, Crino, here in this context is talking about judgmentalism. Judgmentalism a critical, condemning, negative prejudgment, judgment on some other person. And so Jesus' command here is for his disciples to not be judgmental. There are always judgmental people around, even in churches. There are people in churches that come to hear the preacher, not for the purpose of learning what the preacher has, but to criticize and judge the preacher. And oftentimes they come, they're so filled with harsh prejudice, they don't actually hear what the preacher says. I know of an occasion when such a person rejected an entire sermon and the ministry of a very wonderful gifted preacher, literally over one word. I listened to him and give his evaluation of the sermon and he dismissed the value of the sermon and the ministry of the preacher because of one offensive word. I am so glad, and aren't you, that our church is not filled with judgmental people. Now, I don't mind having a few critics around, because they remind me of what I don't want to become. Now, having said that, I want to say this. I do listen to criticism, because I realize that that person may bring something to my attention that I am blind to.
1: You know, if you heard the broadcast at the very beginning, that is a manifestation of what Pastor Leighton Sheely said as we started, that he is growing in his wisdom and understanding more and more what it means to be like Christ. And of course, listening to others and knowing that Christ works through their lives to impact our lives is a part of that maturity. Thank you for joining us on this uh, Tuesday as we continue our look at the Sermon on the Mount uh, through the eyes of Pastor Leighton Sheely. And if you've missed any of these broadcasts, any of these messages, you'll find them all on the website highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Have a blessed rest of your day and join us tomorrow if you can as we turn to a new message, but continue in the Sermon on the Mount and study